FIS Castaway, the podcast keeping you in the know about the shipping and commodity world. To keep up to date, sign up to our FIS Live app at www.fis-live.com or follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. I've got myself uh, and Kerry in the office and Tom from Singapore. Hello, guys. Hi, Chris. Morning, guys. So what's happened this week? Well, the Bank of England has launched a £150 billion stimulus. Uh, Conflict has broken out in Ethiopia. Investors have moved into tech stocks and treasuries uh, after the landslide Democrat victory did not materialise. The US formally withdrew from the Paris Climate Agreement. Algerian voters backed a two-term limit for its president. And of course, the big news of the last week has been the US election, (laughs) the lead up to and the unending (laughs) end of the US election. So lots going on this week. Right, let's plough straight on to indexes. Kerry, where are we on the freight? Um, On the freight indices, the Cape has been a very negative week. We've uh, seen the index fall to yesterday 14,691 on the Cape 5 TC average. That's a drop on the day of about 4.9%, but on the week of 18% from last Wednesday. Uh, whereas on the Panamax, uh, negativity drifting in there as well. 9,739 on the Panamax 4TC yesterday. That's a drop on the day of uh, 1.8%, but about 6% overall fall on the week. Thank you. And Tom, what about iron ore? Uh, on the uh, plat, 62%, uh, 1,1695 uh, last week, uh, and now trading around, or yesterday, sorry, trading around 1,1765, so up 0.6%. Uh, and on the high-grade metal bulletin, the 65% uh, index last week, 130.95, uh, now 130.35, so a drop of uh, just shy of half a percent. Cool. And to end, we're going to do the oil products. This is obviously all these indexes being Wednesday the 28th versus yesterday, Wednesday the 4th. Uh, Brent uh, was up 4%, uh, 39.64, ending yesterday 41.23, uh, and up across the board everywhere else. Uh, Sing 380, we're up to 250.64, up 0.47%. Rot 3.5%, up 2.5% at 242. Sing 0.5%, up 2.38% at 312.99 yesterday. Rot 0.5%, um, sorry, that was 319, uh, 312.99 on the Sing 0.5. Rot 0.5 is 2.99, quarter up 5.28%. And the implied values from the indexes of the Sing High 5 up 10.88% at 62.35. And the Rot High 5 up at 57 quarter yesterday from 48 quarter last week. Uh, up 18.65%. And to finish off with the tankers, uh, quite a movement down on TC2, moving from 83.61 to 67.50, down 19%, over 19%. TC5, we've moved uh, up 7.2%, up 63.13. TD3C, uh, now basically absolutely flat on the on the week. And TD25, 41 quarter to 40.42, down 2%. Well, let's quickly go through all the reasonings that we have for uh, our movements this week. Kerry, you started the indexes. So what are we seeing uh, in terms of more in-depth analysis uh, well, in the market? The capes have been under a lot of pressure. I think what we're seeing uh, is a combination of factors, mainly probably better availability of the Valley Maxes seems to be suggested, uh, given that there's been a little less pressure. Um, despite the, the very good headline export numbers from Brazil, there's been a little less pressure on the spot cape market. Um, and uh, we also see a lot more balusters available. You know, we had that shortage of balusters a few weeks ago uh, when a lot of owners were sort of caught short and had decided not to ballast, uh, given the market, and that had driven up rates quite spectacularly on the C3 route, which is Brazil-China. 
Um, we now see plenty of balusters available. That has driven that C3 freight price down uh, about a buck seventy-five during the week, down to about fourteen dollars. Um, again, notwithstanding the, the fairly healthy export numbers on iron ore from Brazil, um, and also I think we're starting to see that Aussie coal slow down to China starting to bite a little bit. Um, you know, it's a delayed effect, but we are starting to see that bring down those Pacific numbers as well with the C5 West Aussie China index dropping about a dollar over the course of the week uh, to $6.75 yesterday uh, being fixed in the market. That pessimism from the Capes also carried over to the Panamax, I think. Uh, there's been a lack of fresh inquiry for quite a few days now, particularly in that NOPAC market uh, with very little grain moving out of the U.S. West Coast. Uh, the Aussie coal slowdown has more clearly hurt the Panamaxes as well. Uh, although it's worth noting that today we might be finding a little bit of a floor. The December paper was marginally up today, around 250 bucks, trading at 9450 value, uh, according to our FIS Live app. And there are signs of some fresh cargo emerging. So hopefully putting a floor under those Panamax rates. Um, on the Capes, what's the paper saying? Well, we've seen the December fall pretty consistently over the week, about three and a half thousand, in fact, from 17.5 down to 14,000 value uh, as of just now. And uh, while the back end is a little bit more stable with the Q2, for example, only falling about 750 bucks in that time to 10,550, we have yet to see that floor come in on the capes, I think, um, you know, negative sentiment still prevailing in that market on the paper as well. Cool. So something to watch in terms of those values, which we can see on our FIS live app, if you want to keep up to date with what's happening exactly. and keeping an eye on those coal numbers, which are starting to, to bite. Exactly. Cool. Tom, why don't we uh, have the background of what's happening in the iron ore market? Yeah, so just picking up on something Carrie was just saying about the coal. Um, so steel mills have had verbal notice now to stop importing all Australian coal uh, starting from tomorrow. Um, but there's no end period in sight at the moment on that. So there's a lot of speculation going around the market. That that's going to extend well into next year, um, which has prompted... Um, a lot of end users, so the steel mills, uh, to adjust their blending preferences. Um, Australia produces quite high quality met coal. Um, so <clears throat> as that's no longer viable, um, they've started to look to lower quality or lower grade coal uh, from other sources. So Russian, Mongolian and Indonesian met coal is now starting to uh, starting to transact a bit more readily. Um, so just well, keeping an eye on the question. Uh, that I think some of our listeners might want to know, and certainly I do, is how does this informal ban starting from the 6th of November differ from the informal ban that we heard about uh, starting from the 13th of October uh, that was already appearing to be in place? Is this just a reiteration of it, or had they actually strengthened this a little bit in terms of wording? It's, it's something It's something definitely, I think, worth uh, worth checking out, because we'd heard that those steel mills were verbally instructed to at least slow down the Aussie imports. From yeah, the the, sounds like it might be just a, a strengthening of the language, maybe. Yeah, well, there's now language around multiple imports in there. So there's wine, there's lobster, there's there's all sorts that's being included in into the sort of import ban on Australian uh, Australian produce. Um, so, but yeah, how formal that is at the moment, I actually can't. Um, give you too much clarity on um so moving away from coal uh onto the other part of the sort of steel making materials so the iron ore um rebar inventory um 
um, ha has dropped uh, week on week. So uh, production of 3.59 million tonnes last week down 1.14 week on week. Uh, and mill inventory, uh, 2.8 million tonnes down 8.76 week on week. Um, so that decrease in inventory uh, was considerably faster than I think had been expected uh, and, and was helping a bit of a bit of increase in pricing earlier in the week. Um, what's been going on around the election as well has been quite interesting, although those index figures suggest it's been a very quiet week, um, flat as a pancake, as Chris said earlier. Um, it, that sort of isn't really the true story uh, as on uh, what night, what day uh, as on a uh, sort of the election night uh, as it looked like Trump was having a very strong showing um, so Asian morning um, as the results started coming in the the price started to correct uh, quite quite aggressively down uh, on you know uh, Trump being quite uh, aggressive on China. Also, the uh, Charlie, Chinese renminbi uh, came off quite a lot uh, against a strengthening dollar, which is obviously um, you know quite bearish on on uh, USD imports of iron ore. Um, so that was having an impact on the price. But as the sort of narrative switched later in the day, it looked like Biden was actually holding his own. The price recovered quite quickly. Um, so there's been quite a lot of action going on. Some fairly strong moves. Um, basis just around the election. Um, on the fundamental side, uh, we've seen Korea and Japan um, starting to pick up some uh, Yandy fines. Um, <clears throat> so index based against the Plat 62 um, because there's some demand recovery coming out of Japan and Korea now. Um, and also, you know, low grade ore is becoming less and less cost, cost efficient at these levels. Um, so that's quite interesting to keep an eye on um, if, if other Asian nations are, are that are normally relatively strong users of this can start to pick up, um, pick up their demand as well. Um, on the Tangshan side of things, we've been talking about restrictions in Tangshan uh, quite a lot recently. Um, mills have been ordered to stop operation again this week uh, from the 4th till the 6th. Um, so that was an extension of the previous curves uh, that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, I think. Um, so most of the price action this week has been around the election, to be honest. There's a couple of bits and bobs on the on the fundamental side. The coal imports from from Australia is obviously a big story, but I think most of the action we've we've been seeing has been around the more macro picture and the FX stuff that's been going on around the election. Um, I think looking further forward, you know, we've been saying. Anything above 100 um, is, you know, normally considered sort of a demand outstripping supply um, uh, and um, you know, relatively bullish. But with where we're at and what, we, what we're seeing in, in terms of future demand, I guess the question now is how much of that demand is being propped up by Beijing stimulus and how long that's going to be in place for. Obviously, they've announced some fairly big plans this week um, for the next five years. Growth rates of five percent, which I think you know would be the envy of any any economy in the world at the moment um, moving forward. So there's obviously some some serious stuff behind that. Um, but how long the sort of stimulus taps are going to be turned on in the in the near term um, is is a fairly relevant question, fairly pertinent at the moment. But Chinese PMI, uh, the latest numbers coming out of there suggest that sentiment remains solid for now. Um, 
and that you know therefore we should be expecting this sort of supply and demand equilibrium that we're sort of seeing uh remaining roughly roughly steady and therefore prices remaining around where we're at um we've dropped from the highs um around coming up to that 130 mark so we've dropped off a little bit there but from the lows that were back in march we're still 50 percent up so you know there there's there's room on both sides of that uh, sort of price price equation uh, at the moment, but it seems to be fairly happy uh, where it is at the moment. Yeah, it'd be something to watch in terms of uh, what happens later this, uh, or later today, perhaps, yeah, later, in terms yeah. of the election <laughs> and what, uh, what let, that comes let's into. Let's our bets this week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. We hope today. but We're, we're going to steer you away from this, Kerry. Let's deal with this next week. <laughs> Uh, well, as I said, I, I was I was about to say uh, we'll have a mercifully election-free podcast this week, and then we can unpack everything next week. Yeah, yeah, we'll ha- <laughs> definitely have a lot more to say next week on it. But uh, let's finish off with the oil and products. So we came off quite dramatically from uh, above forty-one, uh, collapsing to thirty-seven before recovering again uh, on the month roll to above thirty-nine, and we are still holding above that forty level this morning. Um, the change has been uh, of a trend which we've been watching on on two structures, that being the FOGO and the High Five. So the FOGO we noted has been moving up since the start of September. That seems to have halted at a high in Singapore of minus 950 kind of levels and minus 2950 in Europe. Uh, now we're sitting at minus uh, 14 quarter and minus 34. So that has reverted back off of highs, which we saw. High Five... Uh, has been struggling to get out that 50 to 70 range, but has moved up this morning again. Uh, both the front months above 60, even though we were in 50s uh, last week. So definitely time to, to see uh, a, a somewhat of a reversal of those trends we've been watching on, on the FOGOs and the high fives. Uh, a big draw on crude was reported yesterday by the EIA, which surprisingly the API predicted correct for once. So uh, <laughs> congratulations to the API. Um, of uh, minus uh, 7.998 million barrels. Uh, so that did give a bit of support to the market yesterday. Uh, but we were talking about what the US election was doing to markets. And it was interesting to see that when Wisconsin was apparently called or clear that Biden was going to be winning, we did have somewhat of a drop on oil because it did seem to open up the opportunities for, for a Biden victory and all the things which uh, will come with that in terms of renewables, move away from the oil industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Previous studies have shown that in terms of U.S. production, uh, Biden administration versus a Trump administration uh, over five years would be about two million barrels less. I did read uh, really interesting during the commentary that's been going on when Texas was looking close at one point before um, before the Republicans moved away with it. Um, there was a lot of chat around around exactly this point, um, and. What I found very, very interesting is that you know Texas is always talked about as the oil state, blah blah blah. It oil only makes up ten percent of Texas GDP now, which is massively, a uh, massive, massively away from where I had in my head that it still was. Uh, which you know really shows how how far the US has moved um, in terms of dependence on on oil, even in the last couple of years. Because I, I, you know, I don't imagine that's happened uh, until relatively recently. Yeah, and, and we talk about change in terms of political demographics in Texas to bring it into play. And now you're talking about economically what the future holds for uh, what was the the oil state. Cool. Well, some more for next week. Um, yeah. Last bit point to uh, bring up was uh, just about with these lower prices. I mean, we were saw uh, 
at the start of the year, quite high prices that we had that huge drop. It seems that we're having a lot of buying in Asia, trying to people trying to fill their 2021 import quotas with this low level, especially what we saw with that drop down to the 37 level, maybe just below. Um, so we saw that, especially in the, the end of last week, lots of uh, Asian buying, which is is kind of giving it a bit of support and we've seen the it rebound since, but uh, it'd be good to see in terms of import uh, figures, if we can get hold of those for those Asian countries compared to where they would normally be on a year on year because of these low prices. Oh, it is Chinese similar to very strong, hasn't it, Chris? Like there's a, well, we saw that in July, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's carried through into Q3 as well. Um, I think I can't remember the exact figures, but I saw something on it the other day, significantly above where it was last year. Yeah, so I mean, it has repercussions for next year in terms of imports, but uh, right now they're filling their boots while they can. Indeed. Cool. Any final points before we finish for this week? And I uh, look forward to a bumper elections uh, podcast <laughs> next exactly. week. Yeah, exactly. Carrie, well, anything for you? Uh, a word count for next week, I think. <laughs> I'll cut you off at 35 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Right. Kerry, anything Cheers, from guys. you or you're not, done? Not from my side, nothing else to add. Cool, well, yeah, as I say, join us next week for uh, hopefully a US election result. Maybe we've got some legal proceedings, who knows? Um, but apart from that, we've got to give you the update for this week on our major products. Uh, do join us again next week. Thank you, guys. Cheers, guys. Thanks, guys.